Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Really excited about this new topic that we're tackling, and it's really important. We should have tackled it earlier in the Digital Voices series on digital, but it's about work-life balance. And I've got two guests with us today that they're a married couple, but they have their individual careers as well. And the family, you'll hear more about that. And how do they do it? And it's a really critical topic. And and Megan, DJ Megan, you know, I know you're Gen Y. Share, share with us about uh, really quick your family and is work-life balance, is it reality or utopia? Yeah, definitely. So I work from home, which is fantastic. Um, but I do have a three and a half year old son um, who, when he's at home, you know, when he's homesick or he's not at daycare, it, it makes it a bit challenging. He doesn't really understand, you know, why I can't just stop and play with him. Um, so I'd say for me, it's it's really a work in progress. It's a fine line between work-life integration and work-life balance. And I feel like I kind of teeter between the two. Um, and so knowing, you know, when to really say, hey guys, I need to take some personal time away from work um, is something that I'm trying to get better at because it's it's important. Yeah, that's why we want to tackle this topic. And and I met our guests. They're, they're as I mentioned, a married couple, both physicians. And I met them a few years ago when I served in New York City. They both came out of uh, Clinovations as I did, and which then became the advisory board and so forth. And they're just awesome people. And so I want to introduce them. So the first is uh, Fatima Perik, Dr. Fatima Perik, and her husband, Dr. Daniel Carnegie. Welcome to Digital Voices. Thanks, Ed, for having us. Thank you so much. So the first thing we always ask everyone, no matter what the topic, is songs on your playlist. So maybe each of you can share kind of like if we looked at your playlist right now, what, what are you listening to? This one's easy. I'll go first. I just defer to Daniel on everything playlist. So we'll let Daniel handle that one. <laughs> yeah, I would be the official DJ of the house. Um, I can tell you pre-baby is a lot different than post-baby. Post-baby, uh, three of the top uh hits on the on the charts would be always be my baby mariah carey uh girls like you maroon five and uh when she's getting a little bit fussy lovely day by bill weathers that seems to calm her down a little bit i think you've forgotten twinkle twinkle little star and uh oh, yes. and a- the abc song yeah <laughs> that's right our, our playlist did change for sure when we have kids that's right. what about life message or mantra like is there a particular message that that you know and it could be as a couple or individual you know is there something that you know sort of is your inspiration i can go first you know i can i can share a little bit more about my individual life message and mantra for me it's about making the biggest difference that i possibly can in this world figuring out how to impact as many lives as possible and so when i think just even on on my professional career pathway right I, i have a clinical background at some point i went into public health and i realized that you know, one of the ways that I could truly make the biggest difference in the world is actually through tech. And so I, I went into health tech for that reason, because it's ultimately the practice of public health, but technology plays such a huge role in that and, and, and being able to reach millions and millions of lives across the world. Love it. Daniel. Yep. Um, 
So, so Ed, you and I have talked about this in the past, but you know, I'm a I'm a people person, and I, I believe that uh, for a life mantra, every interaction that you have with somebody, you should leave that person in a better disposition uh, than when you uh, first uh, came across them. I think that you know we don't take enough time to to stop and appreciate uh, our relationships or our interactions, but uh, just making sure that uh, you come across as relatable and, and approachable and, and take time to really um, be a, a, a positive impact in somebody's life I think is really important for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And now, now everyone can tell why, why I love you both and why I love to hang out with you all. So tell us uh, your story. So uh, Daniel, we can start with you. Just your your story, personal, professional, you know, sort of your 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 career. And then definitely uh, one of you tackle how you both met. <laughs> sure. So um, uh, my personal story, I'm a middle child of immigrants. I have an older brother, and younger sister. Um, parents are Jamaican. Uh, I was born in New York. And so education was very important growing up. Uh, there was three options of what I could be. It was either a doctor, a doctor, or a doctor. Um, and so that, that was um, a, a path that was essentially uh uh, chosen for me in that education was important and you needed a professional degree at some point. And so, you know, I went to University of Georgia, uh, big Bulldogs fan, uh, and then took a year deferment from med school uh, to do some time on Wall Street. I, I'm a number file. I, I like dealing in numbers and I uh, developed a very big interest in business on my time in Wall Street. Um, then I went into med school uh, at Howard University, proud alum of Howard University. Uh, then went into general surgery, uh, residency at Howard as well. Uh, took some research years at Johns Hopkins. And that's when I uh, uh, discovered uh, Dr. Fatima Peru. And um, I did bench research, surgical oncology research there. And um, she will probably take credit for this, but she encouraged me to uh, do a dual MPH MBA. Uh, and at that time, I was doing research, my master's. I was also taking surgical call at night. So it was quite busy, but some of the best times of my life were spent in Baltimore. Um, and that's where we discovered uh, Clinovations. Uh, I think Fatima will tell this story, but it was a package deal. Take both of us or none of us. And that's where my uh, journey started for consulting. Awesome. Yeah, Fatima? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I, I was actually born in South Africa, um, raised in Western New York, just south of Buffalo in a very small town, and then pretty much subsequently lived all over the world um, and came back to the U.S. Um, for, for residency. So I, I started out my, my career in, in general surgery um, on the clinical side. At some point, I realized I wanted to make, again, that bigger difference in the world, and I went into public health. And following that, I had to stitch it all up. And so I stuck around after doing my MPH at Hopkins um, to, to do a fellowship there, um, at which time they, they sent me off to Kenya to do a lot of really interesting work on injury surveillance um, and in low and middle income countries. And ultimately, you know, from that work, I, I mean, I think when I learned so much about myself because I found my personal and professional niche in a lot of ways, right? Again, figuring out that, that it was about making that impact to as many lives as I possibly can. But figuring out that technology and data and information systems all had this key role in, in 
ultimately developing public policy, right? And, and figuring out how to get emergency care to 40 million Kenyans today. So that that was, you know, the, the professional sort of journey. Um, finishing my, my fellowship, I ended up uh, taking a, a pretty cool gig at Allscripts, where I was their chief medical officer for analytics, ran research and development around AI and machine learning, um, probably was one of the first folks to recruit data scientists into healthcare, train them on um, large-scale EHR data and do, did some really amazing outcomes uh, work with just a, a team of absolute rock stars. Um, went on and uh, moved to Microsoft for a while, served as their chief medical information officer, um, and then went into McKinsey for a little bit to broaden my horizons. And currently, I'm now at Salesforce. And a large reason for that was, um, one, I, I had to get back to my, my passion in tech. But secondly, I think, again, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the personal journey here, but having a baby who is now 10 months old um, really, really played into to my decision to, to be back in tech at a, at a company that would facilitate and help me be successful as a mom and as a new mom. Yeah, so awesome. So how long, Fatima, how long have you been married? And yeah, tell us, uh, tell us about your baby. So 10 months old. And uh, yeah, so give us that sort of background. Yeah, well, Daniel and I got, got married in 2016. Um, so we were both sort of fresh out of our academic um, training uh, environments. And, and, you know, we, we got married and, and for both of us, I think we were both very focused on our careers. We both were in either consulting or industry jobs that were were very very busy, and we both certainly were. You know, there's I think there's two types of physicians that go into tech, right? There's the ones that are are sort of um, retired and at the end of their career, and you know they're going into technology for um, for, for reasons because they, they don't want to be clinical anymore. And then there's there's our generation, um, which is you know sort of that that one that that's in this place where we've still got something to prove. And we are, are working really hard to, again, make sure that, that we are making that bigger difference in the world through tech and, and changing what the future of healthcare looks like. And Daniel and I both fell into that pile. And so we both did a lot of traveling, um, you know, through, throughout our early years of our marriage. It wouldn't be um, uncommon for us to to basically meet in different cities uh, for the weekend rather than than going home because we were both on the road so much. Um, so that's that's just what life looked like. Um, and and then COVID hit, right? And so both of us were no longer traveling, and we had to spend time together. My goodness. Um, so we, we we used to jokingly say that we had never spent this much time together or this much time in our own home. Um, you know, up until until COVID hit. And so again, you realize that maybe there's, you know, something else to life. And we were able to, to realize that we actually really like spending time with one another. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, that's another very interesting thing that came out of COVID um, in addition to, to our baby. And so we ended up having a COVID baby. She's now, you know, 10 months old and she has changed our lives in ways that we never thought possible. Um, you know, I think, again, we, we both never intended to wait until we were in our 40s to, to start our family, but it is what it is. And here we are and, and we're rolling with it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and she's a beautiful little girl. I've had the opportunity to, to meet her a couple of times. And uh, that's great. So let's start off with uh, sort of this provocative uh, short answer to this question. And then we're going to get into some specifics. So uh, work-life balance, uh, is it reality or utopia for either of you? So I'll start. I'll say it's reality, but you really have to make hard decisions and know what your priorities are. I uh I don't think there's I, I disagree a little bit actually. I, I think 
it's work-life integration and you've just got to figure out how to, how to roll with it and make it work. Um, I think when I, when I used to think about, you know, how do I make time to, to truly check out or, or be, um, away from my job, I, it actually give me a little bit of anxiety at times. So I, I, again, I don't have this all figured out, but I think it's, for me, it's, it's shifted now to saying, okay, where can I grab a few minutes to, to be okay? You know, is it, um, just a little bit of rest that I need, whether it's physical rest or, you know, no screen time rest or figuring out how to just be present for a few minutes when I'm having a conversation with somebody and, and ignoring my phone. Um, those are the, the little changes I think I've been able to make, but I, I certainly don't think that there's this concept of work-life balance for me. Again, it's, it's just integration and figuring out how to make it all work. Yeah. I I'm with you there. I'm, I'm all about the integration part it's in this day and age with all the tech it's really hard to have this hard line between work and the rest of your life it's it's really uh for me and all sounds like for y'all it's uh really about integration so let's talk about some practical things you already mentioned a couple but what what practices are you doing now and i know it's a work in progress Uh, no one's got it completely figured out and as your daughter grows and your family grows you know there'll, there'll be other changes but what practices do you have now that are sort of help with that? You mentioned a couple already, Fatima, but are there any others that our listeners might want to know about? Well, for me, I think it's it's building upon a really solid foundation. I'm damn lucky to have Daniel in my life, and and I know that. Um, you know, I've I've got a partner who will bob and weave with me, and and there are different times in our careers where each one of our careers have required you know that that little bit more, and I think it's having a partner who understands when to give, right? Um, to, to be able to to understand that that we're a freaking team. And if one of us is successful, we're both successful. So now that, you know, that that really has, has been the rock, I think, which we both defer to, right, is that foundation. The other part of it is figuring out how to outsource as much as possible, right? There are tasks where we just don't have the time um, to, to do anymore. I think when we bought our 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 condo, right? We had a ton of work that just had to be done on a day-to-day basis, right? Um, You know, there was renovations and so on. And I think just, we would be traveling during the week and then we'd come back and, you know, on the weekends, we'd be trying to put together a kitchen. Um, That, that, that didn't work out very well in the long run. And Daniel will have his take on that, but, but I think, you know, (laughs) we've definitely figured out to outsource whatever we can um, in order to make more time for, for each other and for the fun stuff. Yeah. Daniel, anything to add? Yeah, um, I think Fatima knows I, I harp on communication, um, making sure that we are always in communication, always on the same page. And when we when we can't be instantly, as soon as possible, catching up and making sure that we um, know what's going on in each other's lives and what to expect, I think is very important uh, in any relationship. Uh, the second part is personal, taking care of yourself. Um, I, I joined a gym uh about a year and a half ago when I tore my meniscus um, and I, I go to the gym three times a week. Uh, and I, Ed, I know that you uh, stay healthy and, and you're a runner and, and do all sorts of things to take care of yourself as well. And I think it's hard to be able to take care of a family or others if you're not taking care of yourself and making it a priority. So I would say those are things that work for me. Yeah, no, this is great. I mean, if I just sum it up, because this is like real stuff that people can add to their life is, yeah, outsource the, some whatever you can. Um, have a strong foundation in your partner. Uh, sometimes you make sacrifices for one another. Like my wife, wife Simran just got her doctorate. So the last couple of years were all, you know, about her education, which is cool. Uh, strong communication, take care of yourself, eat right, exercise, those sort of things. Uh, what about employers? So have you, 
Have you ever needed to approach an employer on work-life integration and, and that they were accommodating uh, with? Yeah, I can start with that. Oh. Yeah, so, so this one was really personal. I have a fantastic um, um, job and, and, and folks in my life at Optum. Um, and, you know, just having a baby, um, it was very difficult. We had a difficult time finding childcare. And I let um, those above me know that I was, I was struggling uh, and I had to take some time away. And, you know, they said, no problem. As busy as we are, uh, we were able to adjust very quickly. And I took some uh, about a month of FMLA uh, to take care of my family. And they were very understanding and obviously very welcoming uh, me back into the job force when that time was up. So uh, definitely had to approach them and uh, very understanding from their part. Yeah. That's very cool. Fatima? Like I'm, um, I'm incredibly fortunate. So I, you know, I, I, I spoke a little bit about I, the fact that I work for Salesforce. I serve as their chief health officer and senior vice president um, for health and life sciences. And I'm, I'm damn lucky to report to a manager. I report to LaShonda Anderson-Williams, who's our um, chief revenue officer for health and life sciences. And I got a manager who gets this. My you know, my non-negotiable when I when I took the job at Salesforce is despite all the travel is that I get to put my baby to bed, that I'm going to try my damnedest to to get to a year as it relates to to breastfeeding, and 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 being present and, and being there with my child. And so far, again, this is no by no means traditional, um, but we figured out how to make it work. My child has had to travel with me a fair amount um, to to meet the needs of different conferences and client engagements. Um, but you know, I'm also fortunate enough to have a husband that's flexible, a mother that's super involved as well. And you know, if I need to travel, um, somebody will go with me and and, and watch this baby um, so that I can you know be around and and be present for her at night. Um, and and that's that's been absolutely huge. There is no way I would have been able to make this work. If I did not have a leadership structure and a corporate structure that was understanding enough to 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 just make this this an option for me, um, so yeah. it's pretty amazing. No, that's awesome. That is amazing. That's awesome for both of you to have organizational like that. So I recently became a CEO myself of Divergent. Very exciting, and we have a, a, a fair amount of of uh, yeah, thank you, fair amount of uh, caregivers within. We call call ourselves divergers. So if you were CEO of a company, what what would you do to help with work-life integration, especially for uh, you know a situation like yourselves, like starting a family? So what should I be thinking about as a CEO? Daniel, would you like to take that one first or, or shall I jump in? Sure, sure, sure. So I think most importantly, um, having regular check-ins where you say, hey, uh, what do you need? Uh, what, what needs are not being met? Uh, again, I go back on to communication. Um, I've had fantastic people in my life at Optum who always check on me, make sure that my needs are being met. I would certainly echo that sentiment, uh, make sure that they don't feel uh, ostracized or uh, alone on an island. Regular check-ins, make sure their needs are being met and the ability to be flexible because we know that, you know, you have a schedule and then there's the life schedule that comes at you and you kind of have to pivot very quickly. Um, so that's what I would do as a CEO. Yeah, I think um, I think we're at a very interesting time where employers have an opportunity to put the needs of people first. We are in a very, very, very highly competitive job market right now. As you know, I'm sure you're having a tough time finding talent. 
Um, and, and benefits packages are, are actively changing from having ping pong tables and buffets within the office to creating this new focus on, on safe workspaces, right? Um, you know, creating access to mental health services. People are incredibly burnt out right now and, and in need of, of a number of different types of resources to meet their needs on a day-to-day basis. And I think acknowledging that and making sure we do a great job of providing access to these types of services and environments is going to go a very long way. I think there's one other huge issue, right? And, and Daniel kind of alluded to this from talking about his personal childcare story. We had a very tough time finding childcare, um, you know, during during COVID. Um, it's it's basically non-existent. The wait list on finding organized daycares has been. I mean, I I called a couple of places and they said, yeah, right now our wait list is six to twelve months. And I'm like, guys, I, I got a meeting tomorrow. This is not going to work, right? Um, so so really, if employers can do more in creating access to affordable childcare um, that is reliable. And safe, I think that will go a, a heck of a long way. I mean, you know, we've, we're, we're we're all struggling through it. Um, there there are certainly you know calls where where my daughter has zoom bombed. Um, so there, there is a little bit more acceptance, but the reality is when I need to focus on a client and I need to focus on what I'm doing, I, I do need a, a safe place to to have my child. And and there has been just this dearth of of places to to send our children um, in 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 the wake of COVID. Yeah, those those are all great suggestions. I took notes on that. Thankfully, at Divergent, we're very, very progressive. And we have a lot of uh, younger people and a lot of people starting families like Megan. And um, so so we do a lot of those things, but I'm going to double check. But just good advice for anyone of our listeners and and for your companies that you serve with. And I I think, uh, I mean, those things are just right on and really resonate. So there's there's probably others out there listening that are looking to start a family. Maybe they haven't started yet, or maybe they have, and they're they're gonna they're trying to you know catch up on different things that maybe they didn't uh, take advantage of when they first uh, started having a family. So what advice would you have for others, assuming they haven't started their family yet? But like I said, it'll work. This uh, I'm sure whatever wisdom you share will work for other people who already started. But if they're just looking to start a family. And it could be a non-traditional family as well. And all that kind of, you know, we're, we're open-minded to all that. Um, what advice would you give? I mean, one, there's like, don't, don't wait. There's, there's actually no good time. You, you will figure this out. Um, and if, you know, it, you do have a desire to, to have children earlier in your career, um, I, I feel like I made the mistake of waiting specifically because, uh, you know, I thought I had to get to somewhere um, before I had children. Um, but I, I realized that there are a number of people who have been unbelievably successful, who have done this earlier in their careers and still been unbelievably successful. I think, again, it just, you know, you, you kind of have to figure out where you are in life and and, and you'll, you'll roll with it. Um, but, but I, I do think that there's no perfect recipe or, or perfect way to do this. You just have to jump in and, and roll with it. That's good. Daniel, anything? Yeah, I can, uh, a, a personal account, Ed, I, uh, I come from the school of you do as much as you can and you're always trying to uh, achieve and, 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 and just be as much as you can present at work. And um, I, I very naively thought that I could uh, continue my remote work after our baby was born. Um, and that took me to the hospital with some palpations, heart palpations. Um, and so what I would say is, Make time uh, for your family. Take the time uh, to be with your family 100%. Take the time off. Take whatever time you need uh, to be with your family or whatever you deem as a priority. 
um, because you're just going to give less than 100% to either entity that you try to multitask with. Um, that's very, very important. Um, and uh, if, if you find that the entity that you're working for um, does not allow for the time that you need, maybe you need to think about making a, a change. And, 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 and that, that's a very important um, principle of mine is you, you really have to be in an area that allows for you to make your priorities priority. And for me, my family is priority. And, um, and thankfully, again, I go back to Optum being very understanding uh, when, when I had my baby, giving me the time that I needed, and then some to take care of my family uh, and be here for my family. Yeah, no, you, you both bring up really great advice. And you're absolutely right, Daniel. If, if, if your employer doesn't allow for the sort of lifestyle that is important to you, you need to just jettison that employer. If you can't make yes. changes within it. Yep. Um, so that, that's, that's really good. Cause I think sometimes people don't make that move and they, and who suffers is themselves and their family. So that's good stuff. Any go-to resources or books or podcasts that you listen to, to, to help, you know, as you raise your family on this topic, anything that, that you find helpful that might be helpful to others. I mean, for me, it's been the value of my network. Um, it has absolutely been the value of the network. Um, you know, people who I've known for many years who I didn't necessarily know had had gone through a lot of the challenges that I'm having, had so much advice to offer on how to navigate very difficult situations. And I never thought to actually call on them. But, um, you know, the fact that they were in my network, they they actually, you know, came forth and, and were willing to help me. And I, I've been incredibly, incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, I uh, I read all the baby books and everything online. And and there's nothing that that beats just experience. However, there was this one book, and it's escaping me, and I re regret that. But it's basically treating your baby like a new car. It's an owner's manual for a baby, and I found that book very helpful. It, I think in systems, um, and you know, steps one through three, and that book is very uh, creative in how it uh, treats the new baby as as like a a new car. It's very very phenomenal. The owner's manual. I think of a baby or something like that. Very good book. Daniel, you already mentioned one thing, like what you would have done differently. Uh, is there anything else uh, from either you, Daniel or Fatima, like one thing you would have done differently? Like, so if you have another baby, you know, that you'll sort of make this uh, adjustment. <laughs> um, I, I mean, nothing different. I think that, you know, there's something to be said about starting earlier. You know, these 40 year old bones work differently than 30 year old bones. And, and, you know, everybody says, you know, you want to do it at the right time. There is no such thing as the right time. I think in retrospect, starting a family earlier might have impacted our career a little differently. However, uh, you just, I think it's easier to deal with uh, the, the, the catastrophic change. I shouldn't say catastrophic, excuse me. The huge impact that having a baby has on your, your life, your sleep, your hygiene. Uh, it's just easier to take the impact when you're younger. All right. Well, hey, this has been fascinating and it's just full of these awesome nuggets of wisdom. I know it's going to be helpful to so many people and and not just from family perspective, but even an individual perspective. When we talk about the work life integration, we talked a lot about different topics. Is there something I missed uh, or anything that either one of you want to sort of double down on? Sure. Um, you know, currently I'm, I'm yeah, I'm currently recovering from COVID and we, we, if we had to live, uh, rely on a lot of uh, apps and 
technology uh, in, in raising our child and having to, you know, use WhatsApp or, or FaceTime to kind of keep up with the baby while I'm isolating has been uh, critical, critical, critical. Um, Fatima, what about you? Yeah, I think, again, it's it's figuring out how to leverage all the resources that you got because nobody can go at this alone. You're going to need a team and you're going to need all the help you can get. Um, and, and the more you, you just embrace that and, uh, you know, take it in stride, I think, I think the easier it gets. Yeah. You, you both are, I mean, just fascinating individuals, uh, listening to your background and the different experiences you had and you look, you know, the people can't see you like we can see each other when we record the podcast, but you look like you're in your twenties, uh, just so that when you say that you're in forties, it's hard for me to believe, but you've had this amazing career already and you're continuing on this amazing trajectory, both of you. And the fact that you, uh, speak so lovingly and and happily uh, about your family and how you do things and uh, very intentional uh, is really inspirational. You're just really good good people, good friends. I'm so glad that you're in my life. Uh, but seriously, the the wisdom that you all have shared is going to help so many people. So I really appreciate you both taking the time out of your your busy time and, and you, Daniel, out of quarantine and uh, and being on being on digital voices. So thank you so much. Yeah, the the feeling is definitely mutual. And thank you so much, Ed. And and thank you so much to Ed and Simran actually, um, as as well. I'll give her the the shout out as well because again, without without you both in my network, I don't know where we would be as well. So thank you so much for for being part of our crew and our support group. Can't wait to see you all again. And thank you everyone uh, for being on our podcast. And we will talk to you again in a week. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.